0: A pothole is an affront to everything that we Houstonians hold dear. Speed, convenience, smooth driving. They threaten our whole way of life. We hate them. Today, we are talking with the czar of Houston potholes. Walter Hambrick is the assistant director of street and bridge maintenance for the city of Houston. In this city's war on potholes, he's the general. It's Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Walter, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having us today.
0: Oh, yeah. What exactly is your job?
1: I'm the Assistant Director for Houston Public Works Transportation and Drainage Operations. My focus is uh, street and bridge maintenance.
0: Which means largely potholes.
1: 16,000 lane miles of lanes here, asphalt and concrete. We're about half and half. And so 670 square miles, uh, fourth largest city.
0: So let's get really philosophical. What is a pothole?
1: So a pothole is a uh, defect in the pavement that's caused. We've had infiltration of water. And so over time, that water gets down into the sub-base And starts breaking across that and then goes down into the base.
0: So water soaks through the asphalt. Why doesn't that happen evenly? I've always wondered why we get potholes. Why the streets don't just wear down smoothly.
1: So we we call that rutting. You know, the tires run in one area, so it ruts down (laughs) and uh, you get that. Okay, so
0: that's when it wears evenly, but that's different than a pothole.
1: Right. The aggregate, which is held together by the oil and emulsion, that's what we call asphalt. It's an aggregate rock.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the top layer of the road, right?
1: That's the rock that's mixed with oil. That's what binds it together so that we have a breakdown of that over time naturally. And then we also, so that water starts seeping through to the base sub base, which is limestone, compacted soil, uh, and all that. And so we start getting the water and it starts washing and wearing and filtering through there. And then all of a sudden it collapses and we have a pothole.
0: Okay. So basically potholes are water plus pavement and time.
1: Yep. That's a simple term to use.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Houston has a ton of... Water and pavement.
1: Right. And we have some soils that aren't conducive to, uh, we don't have hardened, uh, our souls are not friendly to us here in Houston. The uh,
0: We've got squishy clay that moves all over the place.
1: We're pretty much in a swamp. So uh, those conditions, building a road on top of that, you can tell it. it's a real challenge.
0: So does Houston have more potholes than other cities? No, we don't. No? No. So I've heard about this proactive pothole program. Could you tell me about that? What does it look like?
1: We have five crews out in a one-man pothole repair truck. So it's one individual, one truck. He drives around in a zone every day. The zone rotates. Mm -hmm. And he's able to fix a pothole. It's a a specifically designed truck that has an arm out the front that blows out the hole with air, sprays the emulsion, and then sprays the aggregate. And that's what we call a proactive pothole.
0: Okay. So the pothole rangers, they're out there driving the roads. Yep. Looking. Yep. So let's say that I have a pothole. I dial three one, which is the way that we report things to the city. What happens then?
1: So uh the three one one operator vets that call, make sure it's a good address, make sure it's in the city of Houston, all those things administrative happens. It gets dispatched through 311 to our work order system, which is called City Works, And so every morning at 6 a.m., we get the previous day calls. So we started this morning with six calls for next day potholes. Someone just like you would have called in on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. We get those on Monday because we don't work on weekends. Okay. So we get those. Example today, we had the six calls. We had investigators look at that, and three of those calls were turned into what we call a skin patch. It was bigger than a pothole. It was bigger than the 5 by 5
0: A skin patch. That's a giant pothole?
1: It's a pavement defect that requires more work than this to patch. Okay. And so then three of those were next-day potholes, and we sent the crew out. The crews are already working. If you go to HoustonPotholes.org, you would have saw those green lights this morning on these six addresses. Okay. And then as they're fixed, it turns to green.
0: And let's talk about HoustonPotholes.org. What is that?
1: So that's our one-stop shop for everything about potholes in the city of Houston. It talks about our initiative that the Mayor Turner gave to us on his uh, first inauguration. Which was what? To go out and fix potholes by the next business day.
0: Y'all didn't know that he was going to say that, right?
1: Right. So our crews immediately said, what did he just say? What are we going to do? How do we do it? <laughs> that's when the, you, you know, you talk about a general. That's when the war room pulled together.
0: There's a pothole war room.
1: Yeah. <laughs> This is what we have, but this is the equipment. This is the resources. And, and also the, the greatest thing we hear all the time in government, there's no more funding to do this, find it within your existing budgets. It was a grassroots employee led operation, uh, met with them continually throughout this time. We had I think two weeks to get it up and running. And so, you know, we, we go to our boots on the ground. How can we do it? What can we do better? What are you seeing in the field? And so, you know, we could come up with fancy programs, websites, white papers, all this stuff on how to do it. But it's the boots on the ground that make it happen every single day.
0: And so what did they say they needed?
1: They said they needed uh, technology. So we rolled out tablets and then we also empowered them to make decisions in the field. And so an example of that is, is we may have got the call from you on your Forest Dell Street, mm-hmm. but maybe your neighbor two blocks down, she she didn't think it worked, so she never called it in. She had a pothole too. Well, the old system would be we're only going to fix your pothole because you're the one that called in. Yeah. After this uh, war room grouping, we decided well if we're out to fix your pothole and we see two or three more in the same neighborhood, we're going to fix those while we're there. So that's been very successful. Uh, I rode with them about two months ago, and we had four calls. Uh, that come through through and one that we were going to do on our day, mm-hmm. on, on that morning. and But for lunchtime, we ended up stopping about six or eight times just fixing potholes, not only that were called in, but also ones that we passed over, that we saw, that we experienced uh, going down Tidwell. We hit one. We said, hey, let's U-turn. Let's go back. Let's hit it while we're here. Yeah.
0: So you have these very sensitive pothole sensors. You drive over one, your teeth clatter. So you turn around yep. and go fix it?
1: The mayor's favorite is he doesn't want his coffee when he's driving, and coffee spills out of the mug. Uh, so, so we had that the, uh, the 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 coffee test.
0: Yeah, if the mayor's coffee spills, y'all are in yeah. trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all have a 100% clearance rate within 24 hours. You just do, and that's common. But I don't think most people know that. So. Like, do you have a good time with that? If some drunk corners you at a party and says, "Hey, can you do me a favor and fill my pothole?" Do you just say, "Yeah, put it in three one one, and I'll see how it gets done," and then you can behave like you did them a huge favor?
1: Right, that's my first response, and they always laugh at me and they say, "Oh, I tried three one one." I say, "Give it a chance. I <laughs> promise you, three one one works." And uh, we do do follow ups if <laughs> if someone lets us know. I mean, we don't just Again, like I go back the next day and I'll ask my team, hey, did we have something on on you know, Walker Street? Do we have something on Smith Street? Do we have something on Kirby? Because we want every experience to be managed at the highest level. Because when that happens and you go and tell your neighbors, hey, Houston Public Works is really working hard. They're doing their job. That spreads across the neighborhood. And we want every experience to be to the highest level of satisfaction.
0: I have heard that Houston's pothole filling crews are kind of famous in pothole circles is that true
1: oh we're we're famous for potholes our <laughs> our technique is uh famous as well and so uh with American Public Works Association uh-huh the Texas chapter and the national chapter me and my staff routinely go and share at conferences and partnerships on on how we achieve this this monumental task
0: <laughs> you're the pothole and stars
1: so, yeah <laughs> and so uh it, it's also enabled us to continue uh-huh. to build what we call a pavement management system, a PMS.
0: Oh and no, so we, that is such a terrible abbreviation. Yeah,
1: it's a marketing. it's it's PMIS, pavement information system. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so we we have a lot of acronyms. We try not to use on the outside the the four walls here. We
0: appreciate that. Is Houston filling more potholes now than it's creating?
1: We're seeing the results every single day we have a lot of potholes but you see only six people called in from friday to today yeah year to date you know in 2019 we did 46,439 potholes on our own ranging in sizes and effort you know so yeah
0: so that was the pothole rangers who were just going out there driving spotting a pothole and that was sort of the right, peak pothole year before the pandemic
1: right and so during that year citizens called called in 1,468 so you can see it's a big difference. So we we could use more callers, put us to test. Yeah. Uh, and we don't want anyone to continually ride over, hit a pothole, spill a dream, chatter their teeth when they could call us and we'll be there the next day.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Walter. I appreciate your talking with us.
1: We appreciate it. Glad to share, glad to share our techniques and our... Uh, our numbers here. This team gets excited for potholes, and so uh, <laughs> we look forward to hearing from our, our very active users.
0: And I bet you do. All right, thank you a lot. <laughs> Next up, we've got
2: some Houston news. I'm with producer Farrell
0: Gibbs. Farrell. What is going on around town?
2: Okay, there's a fact check story out of the Austin American Statesman about the reading level of fourth graders in Texas. Uh Uh-oh. It can be a little confusing, though. It's going to take a second to break down. You want to hear it? All right. I'm braced. I'm ready. It was over something that Beto O'Rourke said on the campaign trail that 70% of Texas fourth graders could not read at their grade level.
0: We're making sure that we have world-class public schools at a time that seven out of 10 fourth graders in a Texas public school classroom cannot read at grade level.
2: Uh Uh-oh. And is that true? So like I said, this was an Austin American statesman fact check. O'Rourke was pointing to data that was from the National Center for Education Statistics. That's from the U.S. Department of Education. According to their standards from the most recent survey, which was 2019, 70% of Texas fourth graders could not read at grade level. Wow. But though 70% are not proficient according to the national assessment, Texas also has its own definition of proficient.
0: Oh no. And let me guess which one is higher. Is it harder to read as a fourth grader on a national level or
2: on a Texas level? On a national level. Okay. So nationally and on a state level, the grading system goes like this. Basic, proficient, and advanced. Texas's level of proficient splits the difference between the national levels of basic and proficient. Are you confused yet? I am so confused. And then you find out <laughs> in 2019, most states' definitions of proficient actually fall within the basic category of the national assessment, meaning only four states Illinois, Rhode Island, Tennessee, and Oklahoma had standards on par with the national proficiency level.
0: All right, I'm face palming. So if I am a fourth grader's <laughs> mother and I want to know, is my kid reading on level? Is it true? Can I? Is Beto right? Do
2: most kids not? You would tell the mother this. A Texas student can simultaneously read at grade level by the state's definition and not be proficient by the national definition.
0: That sounds like my fourth grader telling me he can read his homework and play video games at the same time. I just... Oh, man. We're in such trouble. It's a mess. That is it for today's show. We will have... A link to the 311 website in our show notes. And if y'all have not signed up for our newsletter, please go do it. It's at houston.citycast.fm. We will be back tomorrow. See you then. Farrell is a master at this. So, you know, I don't, like, break down into tears. I don't give up. It could happen.